Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope that you are all healthy and have an exciting uh, and successful year ahead. The past couple of weeks have been crazy on a number of different levels. Uh, every year we do a big event within the Consumer Electronics Show. Where we host private pitch sessions with new startups and new technologies for our corporate clients. That all went virtual about a week out. So we pivoted and did a tremendous amount of work that was normally in the ground in Vegas, uh, virtually uh, in the metaverse, if you will. And so for the podcast, we thought we'd showcase some of those exciting moments. Uh, and we're going to flip the script a little bit and, and turn the tables on me. Uh, I am the guest this week, and our head of growth, Vanessa Rosado, will be uh, interviewing me on what we found uh, as a team at CES. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Fred. Vanessa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I want to say welcome back from CES. Well, I, I did not go anywhere physically, but uh, virtually it's nice to be back. How was this year's event? Uh, CES, as always, is very thought-provoking. There's a lot of uh, new innovations happening, both big companies and small. Uh, it's always overwhelming. It's like drinking from a fire hose, uh, and you have to kind of separate the signal from the noise a bit. Uh, but once you do that, I always come out of it feeling a little exhausted, but also a little inspired about what, what is out there, the potential, and ways we can apply it to our clients. How did you, I mean, I, two questions I have for you coming out of that. What was your team doing on the virtual ground at CES this year? Were you guys at the conference at Eureka Park? Were you with clients? I mean, I know you can't disclose what you did for clients, but can you talk us through a little bit just to help folks understand too how your team navigated CES and any advice you'd have for people out there who are trying to learn the most from and get inspired? from this year's conference. Yeah, yeah. So we get to cheat a little bit in that uh, we have a, a couple of our core clients ask us to sort of curate uh, CES. And what we mean by that is certainly everything that's on the floor. So there's a Eureka Park is sort of the startup zone. Uh, there's a thousand plus startups that go there. Uh, we get descriptions of those startups ahead of time and our team gets to spend their holidays vetting through those thousands of startups. So that part may sound tedious to some, but for all of us, it's really fun. So we go through everything from, you know, the smart toothbrush, you know, to the machine learning driven diaper to the new flat screens, right? So we're, we're kind of going through all that. We also then, we have a global innovation network that's over 500 venture capitalists and seed investors. So prior to CES, we also go ask them, for what companies they're most excited about and if those companies would be willing to go to Vegas to meet with our clients. Because we always start with whatever our client's objective is or challenge areas. So we may have a client that's really interested in sustainable packaging, and that might not be that interesting, or the companies at CS might not be that interesting. So we'll supplement that by asking those companies to 
to kind of fly in to meet with our clients. So that's sort of like our first move is we go through all the startups. We then talk to our network about what's hot in the areas that our clients care about. And then we do what everyone else does is we go to Tech West, Tech East, where the big companies do their announcements. We watch all the, the press releases and, and statements of uh, you know the, the new cars and all that kind of stuff. And, and again, we go through that with a comb and then look for what is indications of future trends that is most interesting to our clients. And we just try and we try and make it digestible. It's sort of like, you know, you just want a hamburger. You don't need to know the whole process of how it becomes a hamburger. You just want something delicious served to you. So we spend a lot of time making sure we can get exactly what is interesting to our clients clearly in front of them to help them accelerate what they want to do and what challenges they're facing. So not just identifying enterprise bread, even making sure that you guys are also giving the use cases or you know, jumping to like, what's the application of this for XYZ industry leader? It's really tempting with CES just to look for the flashy toy. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing's based on the flashy toy. Our job is to think through how that flashy toy helps our client uh, and help our client business or what our client can learn from the flashy toy and how it's going to impact their business three years from now. So it's a mix. We, we certainly, before we put anyone in front of any of our clients, we ask the founders about their business, their traction. Uh, we ask how they might help our clients so we understand from them. Uh, and oftentimes that's where they get filtered out because they're more concerned with what they're doing rather than how it might work for right. a partner, right? So it's a, it's a little bit of a dance, art and science. What kinds of technologies were your clients most interested in? I mean, it's called the Consumer Electronics Show. However, for anyone who was kind of watching this year's event, it wasn't just about electronics. I mean, there was a lot of discussion around sustainability. There was an event, a, a sort of subconference dedicated to food tech this year for the first time ever. My personal favorite was a robotic cat that nibbled on your finger as a stress reliever. So, you know, there was a lot to choose from this year. But what if you can talk about it in broad strokes, what were your clients most interested in and what did your team find most interesting? Just robotic cats. It's the only thing anyone else <laughs> about. Uh, no. I'm sure. You know, what's interesting is since five, 10 years ago, Consumer Electronics Show went from being like a gadget tech show to being about digital transformation. And every part of every business is digitized. It's trying to go automated. It is looking for new ways to be more efficient, accelerated, right? Machine learning, AI, all these things are hitting every part of the, the business. Uh, so that's why the, the trade show has gotten so big. So our clients were looking at everything from product innovations. I would say health was a big thing, the sort of diet, self-diagnosis, right? The connected self, right. telemedicine, because that... That impacts so many different businesses. Anything that sells to consumer, that impacts to some degree. Marketing is a big one. Ad tech, that sort of happens a lot behind the scenes at CES. Mm -hmm. Not as much on the floor, but more those companies are all there. Right. I think so that, that's a hot area. And then this year, I mean, the, what is the metaverse? And right. how are you to find that and what it means to everyone's business was very top of mind. But I mean, you can even just look at the announcements by a company like LG and like you think of LG as a refrigerator, but they were talking about something called the Omnipod, which was basically a connected vehicle. And so that has implications for Ford and GM 
that has implications for Comcast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that has implications for the future of work. So a lot of this is just melding together. But, you know, everybody, the, the big things were on people's mind was sustainability, metaverse, and then supply chain. Those were the three that jumped. Yeah. Interesting that you mentioned automotive. Even Sony actually announced uh, an electric vehicle, which was a shock to many. Although I guess if you consider that all cars are just now big computers on wheels, it makes perfect sense that they would go into the space. I don't know Uh, if you saw Hyundai, right? Like mm -hmm. I think Hyundai is like a little tiny car uh, and that shows my, my lack of sophistication, but they're all about the future of robotics. Yeah. what robotics mean to consumers and, and human and physical robotics coming together. Like there's a lot of worlds blending here uh, that I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about. Yeah. You talked, you mentioned LG specifically now Hyundai, you know, what other industry announcements did you find most interesting? There was everything from electric vehicles to microplastics to autonomous vehicles who surprised you or just kind of made your ears perk up and go, huh, we should be keeping an eye on them. Two companies jumped out. Uh, John Deere uh, announced mm-hmm. an autonomous tractor. And what surprised me was the reaction. Uh, people got fired up about it on social media and in the press. Uh, you know, is this going to displace farmers? And obviously, that would be bad business for John Deere to displace farmers. So that's not their goal. But what was interesting is if you think about autonomous vehicles, one of the challenges is like there are people. Right. So like you can't just have cars driving autonomously down Park Avenue because you've got unpredictable pedestrians and cyclists. You don't have that on a farm where you're, you're trying to do your crops. Right. And so the data collection, that sort of monotony of that job makes it seem so natural. And I love it because oftentimes the industries that are most innovative are the ones you don't think about as a consumer. John Deere is right there is one of those companies that is. Uh, investing in the future, thinking of new ways to do things. So they they were very impressive to me. The one that blew my mind away was Hyundai. Uh, yeah. They, Talk a little bit more about it for folks that are listening who may not have had a chance to see the announcement because it is truly fascinating, not just as a product, but because of what it indicates of their vision of what the future is going to look like for people. Yeah, they, they had a bunch of different angles. To summarize the ones I thought were most interesting, they use the phrase meta-mobility. And Mm -hmm. essentially, this is the idea of humans and robots together uh, is the way I would summarize it. And the thing that blew my mind was this idea of a physical avatar. And the way I would explain it is, if you came to CES with me next time, and you're in Vegas, but you want to walk your dog, Let's say you want to walk your cat, uh, since you seem to like cats. Uh, so you want to walk your cat, but you want all the pleasure and human enjoyment of taking your cat around the block, right? Petting it on its head, giving it its food, saying, there you go. You actually would have your robot companion back in New York uh, that would then take it out. Uh, and you would get to experience that through haptic gloves or whatever it was in Vegas, so that you essentially would be teleported in some degree back to where your your robot was. Your robotic avatar for all intents and purposes. Yeah, their whole thing is like a physical avatar. So the idea that you have like your weird like image on LinkedIn, right? This would be like a robotic version of yourself that you could then go experience 
whatever was happening in the place where that was. I thought that was a really heady concept of the future. I think a lot of people are talking about how we can blend into the digital world. I like the idea of how the digital world blends into the physical there. And I was also just blown away. Their entire presentation was around robotics, complementing humans. They had an exoskeleton that enabled you to pick up very heavy objects. Mm -hmm. Uh, The implications of that for people with disabilities, right? Like it was just really, really interesting. And again, from an unexpected source, in my opinion. Yeah, very interesting. And the um, augmented robotics self or, you know, wearables to help in terms of labor. That's like a big topic. We're actually looking at earlier this, earlier last year, almost said earlier this year. But it is 2022. And in terms of impact to labor or the uses of these technologies, uh, you mentioned John Deere. You know, Demi Handelman, the CTO, talked a lot about their autonomous tractor and its service to farmers freeing up their time because of labor shortages, actually, in agriculture. So interesting to see what all of these um, these announcements unveil in terms of these organizations and their view of the future. So, Fred, we're talking a lot about industry-leading companies, but we know that you were on the ground talking to some of the most revolutionary startups, founders, products, services, and tech. Can you talk to us about which ventures you met with that you found to be most disruptive and we'll be announcing some ventures to watch coming out of CES in the coming weeks. But who would you tell folks, hey, it's worth it. Take a minute, go check out their website, learn more about them. Yeah, it's always a tough question for me because I'm, I'm not supposed to share some of them because we okay. shared them with our clients uh, a little privately, but I always have some good ones that I can, I can talk about. So one that is really neat with this idea of teleporting is called Portal, P-O-R-T-L. They basically have created a screen I think like a giant shoebox where you can actually have a hologram of somebody beamed into your living room or your office. And that person only needs to be recorded with a phone. So you don't need like a heavy, crazy 3D holographic setup. So the use case that kind of blew me away is if you think about the idea of you're a CEO and you need to address CES and you want to be there, but you don't want to deal with the the COVID issue and you don't want to bail out. Right. So they essentially could have sent this box there, put it on stage, uh, and the CEO could have presented and also seen everybody in the room. Plus, you get all these crazy metrics on like the sentiment analysis of the people in the room. Were they happy? Were they sad? Are they paying attention to you? Uh, so it's it's a pretty neat idea that it's beautiful to look at and very futuristic, very sort of beam me up Scotty kind of vibe yeah. from Star Trek. So We've known them for years. We've seen where it's evolving, but now the tech is sort of here to make that pretty, pretty possible and pretty exciting. They had a new product announcement too on the ground, right? In terms of like scaling their tech. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be thrilled that I described it as a little shoebox. <laughs> they have a smaller screen. So it used to be this sort of large, full size, like my height, so it's like a six foot tall hologram box is the way I would put it, that you beamed into. Uh, now they have more of a desktop type version that was very cool that you could put on your wall. You could actually display your NFTs when it's not in use, but the price point is coming down as it does with all new tech. Uh, and it, it's pretty cool. I mean, the idea is that you essentially could start to have face-to-face meetings, uh, not in Zoom, but actually face-to-face even without getting on a, a flight. Uh, so they're exciting. I have a whole bunch of others uh, that jump to mind. 
one in particular is called Mictic. They're just cool. Essentially, they have two wristbands, right? You put it on either wrist and it enables you to create a one-person like band or orchestra or DJ setup. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's all like spatially built. So if you raise your right hand, the drums start to go and you pick up your left hand and you're actually doing the frets on the guitar and the right hand is strumming the guitar. So it teaches people that maybe don't have musical skill, enables them to play instruments, multiple instruments, record it, share it. It just seems like, hey, it's just a cool product to see, but it is like, it is built for the TikToking of the world. People are becoming creators. Uh, and there's so much about the passion economy. And this is just like basically enabling people to create music and uh, democratizing that ability to create unique sounds and beats and all the things that make DJs interesting instantaneously for like a hundred bucks. So they, their founder's awesome. Uh, he was super impressive. So those are two that jumped as like just kind of cool, interesting companies. Right, we got a few minutes left. Let's close out with a rapid fire word association game. So I'm going to just run through these. Robotics. Human companions. Help. Completely measurable. Jeez, do I have to use one word or can I just give a thought? <laughs> you can give a thought on it. Man, because one word would be hard. One word for health. Uh, I would say, I think the reality is people are taking control of their health. And the idea of telemedicine and not going in to see your doctor unless something is wrong is great from a convenience standpoint. But when you have things like Aura and Whoop and all these other different startups that can measure your steps and your sleep and your hydration and blah, 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 whatever you want measured can be measured now by yourself. And so you get to control your own data and see, okay, how do I optimize? How do I make myself healthier, sleep better, perform better? But also all of a sudden I now have like an app through the Aura that in the morning tells me I might be getting sick my temperature has risen, right? Like you never knew you were getting sick till you got sick. And so it enables you to then go take vitamin C or drink orange juice or whatever. Uh, we saw some very interesting sort of nutritionals as a service. So I would say my quick answer to health is that it is now measured and people are taking control of their own health. Personalization. Everywhere. Everything has got to be personalized. We are going from the mass CPG of the world, the sort of mass big volume game to micro communities driven by passion where people are individuals, they know they're individuals and they are valued. So the one size fits all is starting to go out the window. Autonomous. I think most people would say vehicle as the re return word. I would say organizations. I think that we're getting into this decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs which is essentially blockchain. It's what NFTs are built on. I think that there's a way for groups of people to come together and determine how they want things to happen and then have that happen autonomously without intervention. And I think there's a lot of confidence in systems like that where you, they're predictable. You know how it is going to react. Uh, so it takes the ambiguity out of things. Last one, privacy. Gone. I think people would be shocked if they knew how little privacy they truly have, whether they are connected or not. Like unless they're off the grid living in a bunker somewhere, they're on the grid and their data points everywhere about them. So I think to some degree, people need to get past that. I think to another degree, it is 
maybe one of the most important things because all this data, all this, the health and all the different things we're measuring, if used nefariously, could be quite dangerous. So I think making sure that uh, large companies are protecting privacy, that people are respecting that is becoming more important than ever. But I don't think there are any controls in place. I don't think government has caught up to it. And I think it's, it's gone from what most people think it is. But I do believe people are going to start to control their data and be compensated for that to some degree. So it'll be less about companies owning information about you and reselling it and more about your choice of allowing that information to be public to different people and maybe getting compensated on it. Well, let's close out with this question. Imagine out five years, what does the future look like? What did last week give you a glimpse or what kind of glimpse into the future did last week give you? Hmm. I think that the idea of the metaverse is here. I think in the way that years ago, everyone was kind of like, what is this internet thing? I don't get it. Or mobile phones. What? Like I'll use that for work email only. Uh, and then all or like stuff. Facebook. What's that Facebook? Have you, right? Are you on that thing? Yeah. What is the, Facebook? <laughs> right. uh, I think that it's here faster than all those came. All those felt like they came on us quickly. This is going to come on us 10 times faster. It's here. I think that freaks people out to some degree. But if I had to say five years out, what I think is cool from an optimistic standpoint, I think you will be able to work out with a world-class trainer wherever you are through your, your VR headset. I think that that trainer, the workout will be customized based on your body mass, your nutrition, your hydration. I think you'll be able to get a customized shake right out of your Keurig or whatever a company figures out how to deliver uh, that nutritional shake directly to you. I think that companies are going to figure out the last mile delivery of products and services. I think that all the VC money that is flowing into these, like the GoPuffs of the world or the gorillas and, and people trying to deliver things uh, around the corner, like no more is it about next day delivery. Uh, or even within an hour, like it is expected in 15 minutes. And I think as companies figure that out for all their products, we're going to be in a world where we expect everything immediately customized, personalized for us. And I think the companies, and we're going to live in this metaverse sometimes. I think in a weird way, the metaverse is also going to open up our appreciation for the real world, human (laughs) contact, being outside in nature, like if you saw like when the pandemic sort of like relaxed for a minute before it surged back, everyone like crowded New York City restaurants instantly. And it was because we just wanted to be around each other. Like we wanted to go to a sporting event, even though it was weird and it was kind of dangerous. And like, I just think that as much as digitization, as much as the metaverse concept allows us to do things away from others, I think the humanity of people is going to become more pronounced. And so there's an opportunity for some industries or companies to think through how to actually bring people together in person and go very analog. That would be pretty interesting as a business opportunity. Fred, thank you for your time today. This was great. For those of you who are listening, definitely keep an eye on our social channels as we'll be sharing much more in the weeks to come about CES and looking ahead to NRF which is actually right around the corner. Hey, I like this. I like being the guest. It's more fun. (laughs) Don't get used to it. 
it is really fun to be a guest. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. I know that I did. What I would love for you to do, if you enjoyed this episode, follow us, leave a comment, share it. Uh, we always appreciate that. And also, we'd love to invite you. If you like new startups and visionaries, we'd like you to join us for our event, uh, which is recognizing uh, and honoring the 2021 Visionary and Venture of the Year. Uh, we're going to be hosting that on Thursday, January 27th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can find the link at Venture Fuel on LinkedIn, uh, and it's free for any of our listeners uh, and anyone else really uh, to come join. But we will have Kathy Hackle. She is the godmother of the metaverse, uh, as well as the company Holler, which is rethinking how we communicate with each other through chat. Both are just absolutely uh, at the forefront of what they're doing. I think you'll really enjoy the session uh, as we're going to not only showcase what they've done, but talk about the future, just like we did in this episode. So look forward to seeing you there. Again, just go to Venture Fuel at LinkedIn. Thanks so much. Thanks.